Hi friends, it's your host Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. The story I have for you today is one that I could listen to over and over. It is our first ever two-part episode and that's because it really was just too good to drop all at once and Lauren and I could probably talk for a total of five hours about her beautiful birth. So it's split into two, just double the fun for you guys. As you will hear, Lauren is a beautiful soul that has quickly become a true friend to me. She is so genuine and intentional, and you'll understand exactly what I mean in saying that as you listen to her birth story. Her experience is one that was riddled with fertility struggles, as well as a lifelong desire to have an unmedicated birth, and then truly like an awakening as she surrendered to the birth process and welcomed her son into the world. Every piece of her and her husband's story is so loving and beautiful, and I just know that you'll feel it too. In part one, you'll get a little insight into Lauren and her husband's fertility journey, how they together dealt with loss and the heaviness fertility struggles can bring. But then you'll see the hope that they found in finding out that they were pregnant and what it took to prepare for the birth that they had dreamed of for years. Are you ready for this? Tune in and let's be a little more educated together. So, so funny. So my husband and I met and he calls me Lauren. He has always called me Lauren from the beginning. And I think it's so romantic and beautiful compared to like how I grew up saying my name. So I let people say both. Well, I'm glad that you're not offended as I suddenly am realizing months after we've been friends that I'm like, oh, I'm saying your name wrong. No, (laughs) I truly love both ways. Okay. Yes. Good. (laughs) My mom comes to visit and she's like, Lauren, they say your name different, and I'm like, I know, don't you love it? I love that, and she's like, sure. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Lauren, just kidding, I'm not going to change, but Lauren, no, you should tell don't. us about yourself, and kind of introduce us to your story. Perfect. Okay, so I am from a cute little town in Connecticut called Norwalk. It's this beautiful town on the New England shoreline. Um, so beautiful it's it's magic I miss the falls I'm sure. uh, yes I uh, went to University of Hawaii Manoa for undergrad I studied kinesiology and exercise science okay and then I went to San Diego State for grad school I got my master's in public health you're amazing <laughs> I feel like you do it all and like these things that I don't even know about you and I'm like casual you went to grad school uh, <laughs> it feels like an uh, other life sometimes um and I met my husband in San Diego 
Okay. So Michael was living in California, and I was working at a bike shop, and we were both training for Iron Man, okay. and we met. So he wasn't, like, in your grad program or anything? Was no. Just, okay. Just, like, a, a person wow. came into the shop, and it was love at first sight, and... Um, That's kind of perfect. Yeah, just, like, inseparable. I love that. Yeah. So how long was your, like, courtship? Um, okay, we met in 2015, 2014, 2014, end of 2014, we got married in 2018. Okay, good, so a couple of years, just kind of yes. got to know each other really well. Yes. I love that. I had to do that math in my head real quick. Yeah, we were like, wait, how long has it actually been? <laughs> <laughs> but you're almost to like, I guess not almost, almost 10 years. Yeah. Almost, which yes. is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> um... Okay, we moved to Salt Lake City in 2017. Okay, so before you were married. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got married in 2018. And I, just like a lot of the people on your podcast, because I have listened to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I knew from an early age I wanted to be a mom. Um, It was just in my heart. So, we tried kind of right away. Okay. And, okay, so this is fall 2018 at this point. And <clears throat> I immediately sought out Adrian from Wasatch Midwifery. It's, I'm like, a little plug. If you haven't listened to her episode, go back and listen. She's incredible. We love her around here. <laughs> and we'll praise her probably this entire episode. Oh, my gosh. But. <laughs> love Adrian, love Wasatch Midwifery, love everything yes, about it. Yes, 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 all of it. So I actually Googled uh, midwives in Salt Lake City, and Wasatch Midwifery came up. Michael had never been in a birth center before. Hold on. I had never been in a birth <laughs> center like, before. Okay, but had you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you know what, I had like um, done the online tours, right? Okay, that, okay, yeah. That are on some websites. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> he had no experience with any of it. Like, he had never gone on the websites, read about people, and here I am, like, obsessively researching midwives yes. because it's this <laughs> heartfelt thing that I wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So we go in, and uh, she does, like, a well woman check and asks me about my cycle and all the things that she asks. And... Um, I look great. She does some blood tests just to make sure. And uh, Michael's family does have um, male infertility. Okay. Um, So she said, yeah, it could be a problem. It could not. Um, It might be really minor. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just get a semen analysis to see what's up. Yeah. So that that must have been actually in, like, November 2018. Okay. Um, Actually, we saw her in September. Then we saw her again in November. Okay. And she said, let's do a test. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Feels like eons ago. Yeah. Looking uh. back, you're like, wow. <laughs> but. And in December of 2018, I remember it so clearly. We were actually, um, the lease on my car was up. We were going to, like, look at cars. Mm-hmm. It was an exciting time, right? Like, the first car. Yeah. You're buying, you're buying whatever. Yeah. And... Um, Adrian called, it showed up, Wasatch Midwifery on my phone, and we pulled over, 
And I want to remember the exact words she used. They were, I have some hard news. Um, it looks like you're going to need support to get pregnant. Um, and then she left us with hope at the end, which I really appreciated. She was like, I see this. Um, I, uh, not often, but she, she's seen this before. Mm-hmm. And people end up having beautiful births with her. Um, and so she recommended us to Utah. We've been to two places. <laughs> University of Utah Fertility Center. So we went, uh, we made an appointment and it was a few months later. So we went through the holidays and that was like a hard time. Um, not really knowing, not having gone to the fertility specialists yet, but having gotten like, um, test results back. I remember that being a hard time and just being around our family that Christmas was really important. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Um, and I tried not to, both of us tried not to. I think obsess about it too much because yeah. we hadn't talked to the fertility doctors yet. So we were like, we don't know, maybe something. Yeah, still kind of a level of uncertainty. Yes. But, you know, but kind of this pending like, okay, yes. there's going to be some news that like could go one way or the other. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So when we finally got in for our appointment, it must have been February 2019, and um, we came in the two university university of utah fertility center and within i think two minutes the doctor looked at our results and um by the way i always whether it's like my husband or me i consider it our fertility i love that um our our birth our pregnancy yeah, and um, we did it together yes exactly like i and could so not important to include the other party in this yes i could not have done without him so I always use that word and people are like what do you mean our birth and I'm like couldn't have done it without him like he was there holding my hand yes (laughs) literally yes pushing on me for uh, 12 hours but (laughs) seriously (laughs) yes oh my gosh we will so the uh Dr. Hoteling his name has been brought up on this podcast before um was like yeah you will not be able to get pregnant naturally um and we went home and cried. That was so. I can imagine. That yes. So hard to yeah. hear. Just like run me through literally what you were feeling when you heard that. Ah. Uh, okay. There's what is it like the soup? There's like a soup place underneath the University of Utah. It's like a sandwich place. Like the cafeteria. <laughs> no, no. It's like across the street, kind of. I'm not from here, so I'm forgetting what it's like. The bakery. I'm like I should. Oh, Neaters. Yes. Or the Corner Bakery. Yeah, Corner Bakery. Corner Bakery. We went to that parking lot, and Michael went in and got food, and I cried in the car, and he came back, and we cried together. I laugh about it now, but um, it was so heartbreaking, hollow, um, dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to, like, say in any way that, an assisted pregnancy is like not just as beautiful as like being able to get pregnant on your own but I do think like when you're 15 and like you've always wanted to be a mom and you're envisioning like 
getting pregnant with your first baby. Yes. Like you're not envisioning, oh, I'm going to be laying on an operating table and they're going to be inserting a catheter to put my baby in. Like that's, exactly. that's not where your head is jumping. You're jumping right. to like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like be at my house and like take my pregnancy test yes. and I'm going to be like pregnant. You yes. Know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Though? Like that's where your brain goes. <laughs> yes. So it's just like all of these other things aside from like, the reality that you're going to need help getting pregnant like I'm sure there was years of emotional attachment to like pregnancy that you had to work through yes and we hadn't known many people that had gone through this before mm-hmm. so that was the hard, hard part too. too but yeah media portrays it as like you're home and your cozy robe and you look cute and mm-hmm. you take a test and your partner's on the couch watching tv and you're like hey we're I'm pregnant. pregnant yeah <laughs> Literally, literally though, and you're like, okay, who is that? Who is yes, that girl? Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that happened, and it was really sad for a few weeks. Yeah. I remember just researching, researching, researching. Like, um, I've also done acupuncture probably since my early twenties. So we even like tried to go that route for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We tried herbs. Um, Our nutrition has always been, we take good care of ourselves, excuse me. Um, So we we really kind of searched all the different avenues Mm -hmm. on how we could make this happen on our own. And then there was an acceptance phase probably like two months later where we had really talked through it, really worked through it, really um, brought up all the all the possible options like what's a hard no for you what's a hard no for me would you ever consider adopting would you ever consider sperm donor would you ever consider you really um you really have to dig pretty deep and look at all those options and Mm -hmm. it takes time because sometimes you me lauren Sometimes we would get stuck in a question that was like, I don't know, I need to think about that. Um, yeah. I don't just want to give you an answer on the spot to give you an answer. So the conversations took some time, I guess, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say, to really understand where I was at, to really understand where Michael was at. And we ended up um, trying IVF at University of Utah Fertility Center. And, oh, hold on. Back up. (laughs) Probably just a month. So in March 2019, as we're getting ready for our IVF cycle, um, we're waiting for my period. Okay, yeah. Because your period has to start in order for them to start you on the medications. So we're waiting, we're waiting. My period is between 30 to 33 days. 34 35 and I'm like hmm I call the fertility center and they're like did you take a pregnancy test and I was like no they're like you should probably take one so I took one and I remember it like it was yesterday um our bathroom was still painted blue at this point (laughs) um there was the faintest line and I was like what How? Yes. Yeah. How? What? Just um, I st- 
hysterically happy. Um, joy, like from ear to ear, every single cell of my being. Um, I, I'm forgetting if I called Michael or if I waited until he got home, but I remember we screamed and, yeah. oh my gosh, we did it. Yeah, you were like, this is crazy. We've just spent months like working through all yes. the options and like, yes. here we are. Yes. Like, we didn't need help. We yes. did it. It felt like a story tale. Yeah. Fairy tale. A story tale. <laughs> fairy tale. Hold on. Sorry. A story ending. A fairy yeah, tale. A fairy tale ending. There we go. We'll get it one of these times. <laughs> it felt magical. Yeah. Um, so I went in to the Utah Fertility Center so they could get a look at things. And um, now that I know, it was like, 10 weeks when they would have been able to see a heartbeat right and there was nothing and they checked my hcg and it was not where it should have been i don't remember the exact number and they were like this probably is not going to be viable um what happens a lot of the time with cases like yours is um it, it, the embryo like wasn't healthy enough mm. and so in order to protect itself from a pregnancy that probably wouldn't last long anyways it what's the word I'm looking for miscarriage yeah but I, I was like it kind of just absorbs itself oh yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah miscarriage was they didn't use that word they said it's going to absorb itself <laughs> That's what the nurse <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting verbiage. Yes. But, I mean, essentially, that's probably what it does. Yes. It's just, yeah. And I was confused, and I said, what do you mean? Yeah, you're like... And she said, this pregnancy won't be viable. Mm-hmm. And I remember Anna believing so hard in my heart that they were wrong. They were wrong. Yeah. Because this was a miracle, and they were wrong. I, I, I full-heartedly believe that. So probably for two weeks, I got my HCG tested every two or three days because I was going to prove that, that they were wrong. Viable. Yes, 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 yes. So, um... And just to, like, throw a little note in, like, you're checking your HCG because it's supposed to double every yes. 24 to 48 hours in a pregnancy that is viable because that yes. is proving that the cells that are going to create the placenta are growing and thriving and that the baby is going to have like this sustenance to live off of essentially and if they're going the other direction it's pretty indicative that like like they kind of told you that it wouldn't be viable and that you know your body wasn't going to be able to host this embryo yes exactly so my hcg wasn't doubling and then I got to a certain level. Again, I don't remember the number. And my provider said, you will probably miscarry within the next three days. Mm-hmm. And I remember journaling and um, being so heartbroken and distraught. And at the same time, giving the embryo beginning of life, little baby, permission to do what it needed to do really giving my body permission 
I think was what the theme of the passage was. And the next day I started bleeding in the morning and I made a carrot cake. I wanted to remember that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I made a little birthday cake. And I'm like, my mama heart is like bursting. I, yeah, I'm, I can, um, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing as I'm telling this story because, um, not because I think it's funny or anything like that, but because I think there are some really sweet things that I did that I'm so grateful that I did to kind of celebrate that time of my life. Um, Maybe not celebrate the right word, remember. Cherish the moments, even when they're hard. Um, And some part of my intuition was telling me to to make that carrot cake that day so that I could sit here and tell that story. Like, And I made a carrot cake. And people reach out to me that are miscarrying. And for some reason, I always tell them that. I'm like, and I made a cake. And that's it. Yes. They're like, what did you do? And I'm like, I cried and I made a cake. Um, And I can remember the light through the window. And I went for a walk. And it was the time of year where magnolias bloom. Um, And so we planted the magnolia tree in our backyard. I love that. A constant (laughs) remembrance every season. Yes. Yes. Which is beautiful. Yes. You know, I feel like everybody works through their experience and their loss differently and like for you it was baking a cake and planting this tree you know yes but like I also think that's so important to recognize that like for you it was such an important piece to say like you know you gave right to this embryo to like pass when it was time and when it did like you did what you felt you needed to be at peace with like what was happening and yes I feel like that's just such a big piece that can really be a determining factor in how you view the rest of your fertility experience because you know fertility is something that's difficult it's a difficult conversation to have it's a difficult thing to sit with and live with and grow with and finding the little ways to like make it doable yes I think are so key yes you nailed it you nailed it yes yes what can I say (laughs) (laughs) um no Anna, you nailed it on the head. Um, It gives you um, the little pieces that you just mentioned. They give you hope, and they help you get through that day. Um, Because in order for any fertility treatment to work, you have to get through that day. And then you have to get through the next day. Um, And then you have a bunch of days that you've gotten through. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) So... We waited for, so the bleeding was painful, and we did it at home, and lots of baths, lots of um, writing, different art, watercolor, just things that I could do with my hands, Um, and to anybody going through this, I remember thinking like, how does anybody survive this? This is heartbreaking, like literally heartbreaking. I remember dry heaving with crying over my toilet, just like, how am I going to get through this? 
Um, so yeah, it wasn't just the cake and the planting of the tree. There was days and days of working through it. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but like, how was Michael feeling to see this? Uh, especially he, given that like, it, like his male factor fertility issues, like may have played a role in this. Like, how was he feeling? It is, um, Michael is such a strong dude's dude, man's man. He hunts. He likes. (laughs) He is a bro hunter man to the max, and um, such a strong masculine figure. And to see him crumble. um, The words that I use when I think of this is like, I knew. I always knew that I really cared about this, and in that moment, I saw how much it meant to him. And that was hard because we were both hurting so bad. And it's really hard to support your partner when you're hurting so bad. So we did our best. That was another healing process. Um, And I remember being grateful that it was getting warmer outside and we could go outside and do things and clear our heads and get more perspective. And that's what we did that summer. Yeah, that was that summer. That's what we did that summer. We got outside and we did stuff and we we mountain biked that summer a lot. I remember that. Yeah. We tried to do things to make us laugh and just remember who we were again. Mm -hmm. And then in fall of 2019, yes, we're still in that year, um, that's when we did IVF with the University of Utah. So I kept doing acupuncture and herbs and Michael was doing the same thing just to make sure that we were like fully healed from our miscarriage, but then also the best health that we could be in. Mm -hmm. Yes. People have talked about the IVF process on here before and um, my heart goes out to every single person that ever needs to step into a fertility clinic because it is the scariest, most you're stepping into this unknown world that people do not talk about. And Anna, I'm so grateful that you have this podcast because um, the terminology can be so confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that people hear it, even like here and there, and I'm not saying listener that you need to study the IVF process, (laughs) but um, I think the more that we talk about it, the people that go through it and the more that we hear about it, um, we hear words that are familiar Mm -hmm. and, knowing certain words like retrieval process and how many uh maybe that's too personal of a question how many eggs did you get probably don't ask that but (laughs) yeah probably don't ask that (laughs) yeah but like if somebody says oh we're going to do our retrieval process if if they tell you first of all if they tell you they're like letting you into their world which is so sacred and they're really trusting you if they tell you that but um what I'm what I'm trying to say is the more that we talk about the process we're able to remember words and use the keywords that matter mm-hmm. to IVF clients families yeah. mm-hmm. and also I think obviously the more you talk about something the more you understand it the better you're able to support someone going through it and just like I don't know it opens the conversation to be supportive of someone when they let you in 
because that's also a hard thing, especially with someone, you know, who's struggling with fertility. You, you never know kind of how to approach what they want to talk about, yes. if they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, knowing, okay, if they're telling me about this, I know that's, like, an integral part of this process, and that's something that's, like, probably very personal and private, so I'm probably okay to, like, talk about it with them. You know, yes. like, yes. just knowing when you're on the end, kind of. Yes, yeah. I was trying to think of a term. I forgot it. Um, no, you're totally right. Um, and some people will tell more people. Mm-hmm. Some more people are in the inn. Some people don't tell a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Just if somebody told you you're in the inn, then you're on the inn. <laughs> you're on the inn. <laughs> so ask questions yeah. Yeah. Um, if you feel comfortable. So we started that fall, and I don't remember my protocol. Um, I remember the shots, lots and lots of shots. And on the di- so we retrieved our eggs, inseminated our eggs, we got embryos, and they call you. And I think for this one, so after the eggs are inseminated, they form embryos. And then on day three and five, they call you to let you know how many embryos there are and what quality they are. Mm -hmm. And it's normal for them to, um, for the amount to get smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, And we only had one on day five. Yeah. But again, I believed in this embryo. And... um, I'm always fighting for the underdog. (laughs) We need people like you, though. You're like, you're fighting for me. (laughs) Anna, during this time, we were living in our RV in our driveway because we started remodeling our house. Oh, my gosh. And it's such a special, cozy time in my heart, and at the same time, crazy and insane. Yes, you're like, I was living in my RV in my driveway. Yes. Like, what? We actually moved out of the RV because our pipes rose. And in, in with um, my in-laws. Okay. So anyways, um, we transferred. And I didn't have my provider do the transfer because she was off that day. So I had a provider that I did not know. Okay. And this pl- takes place later on. So um, they transferred it, and we hoped and wished and prayed and sent all the ju- good juju and got s- celebratory gelato and because yeah. we felt – good and optimistic and um 10 days later 12 days later i think it was 12 days mm-hmm. they called and um because you go in to get an hcg test and my hcg was four and i think the level is five right mm-hmm. so i wasn't pregnant and this was on halloween of that year and um we were living with my in-laws because our pipes had frozen, so we had moved out of the RV, and I could hear the laughter of all the kids, and my heart just broke, um, wondering, will we ever get to do that? Mm-hmm. Will we ever get to hear that laughter of our own? Um, yeah, heartbreak darkness 
and again, it's sad because um, both partners are hurting so sad and so deeply and in their own way. And it's hard uh, to come out of that hurt long enough to support each other. So it's definitely this delicate art of hurting and healing on your own and at the same time picking yourself up just enough to meet your partner where they're at, which Michael and I really had to learn. Um, and we did okay at it. We did okay at it. It took lots of um, figuring out, as couples do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I just wanted any couples that are out there that are figuring this out, um, know that you're not alone. And know that there is there are support groups. We went to one of the infertility support groups locally. And while it's really sad because there's lots of sad things going on in that room, it's couples that are experiencing similar things as you. And just for an hour, you feel like you're not alone in your house doing this with your partner, that there's other people out in the world hurting in this way too. And there's really not a word for it unless you've been there. Yes. So being able to like be in the room and not have to say the exact word, but some but some other couple gets it. I remember feeling like a little relief. Absolutely. Well, I'll get you the information for that group. Yeah, and we'll plug honestly, it in. in the yeah, notes. I'll plug it in in the in the yeah. bottom or in the caption. And we were scared to go. We were scared to go. But we were happy that we did go. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. Like we've kind of talked about, like everyone will navigate it differently, and for some, like that might might not be that like what they need to yes. go be with other people. They might want to be with yes. just them and work through it with just them. But like to also have the option to yes. go be around others that like kind of have this unspoken understanding of like we all kind of get it. Yes. Whether I know every detail of your experience, like I have felt something at least remotely similar to probably what you're going through. Exactly. And can you know meet you where you're at. And I think that can be so powerful and beneficial to interact with people, you know, when you're going through something hard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, I can, like, almost smell that room. Like, everybody had brought, like, a little snack. I can almost <laughs> smell. <laughs> like, hey, who brought the tuna? You're yeah. done. <laughs> Can't come next time. Um Okay, so then we healed during those holidays. Again, another holiday where we're just, like, grateful that we're around family. Mm -hmm. Grateful that um, we have each other. Grateful that um, we, we had some friends and family that understood what we were going through. Grateful that we had them. Grateful that we had time to just be by ourselves and sort through things and that we weren't trying to rush into another cycle. Um, cause IVF is really hard on the female, on the woman's body, female's yeah. body. Yeah. You have to have a lot of hormones yes. to beef up those follicles and make yes. everything happen. And it's, it's a lot. Yes. We did a, we, right after that didn't work, we went to Moab and I just remember wanting to feel the sun and mm. something different. I remember that was helpful. If anybody yeah. is going through that, that might be something. Just a change of scenery. Yes. Something different. Change yeah. of scenery. Treat yourself. Um, 
get the extra treat at the bakery like Just cozy up on your couch <laughs> yes take really good care of yourself um i'm getting lost in my notes so let me find out back where we are where we are you're fine deet, deet, deet. sorry guys so after the holidays. Okay, after the holidays, January of 2020, we were feeling great. We were feeling good. Let's try again. Okay. So I had this gut feeling not to go back to, well, actually, we went back to University of Utah Fertility Center, and they gave us a diagnosis that didn't feel right to me. They told me that my egg quality was bad, and I had never been told this in my life before. What's it called? The malarian... Malarian number. I don't know. I don't know. There's a I'll number. Have to look it up. Okay, yeah, we will look that up. There's a number, and it it talks. It uh, doesn't talk about. It <laughs> refers to your egg, like your reserve. Egg egg. Oh, your reserve. Your okay. reserve. And my physician said, "Yeah, we're worried about egg quality now." And I was like, "This is so interesting." Like this has never been a piece of my picture. Yes. Like, why is this now a thing? Yes. So. Of course, I did research, da, 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 and I was like, let's just get a second opinion. Like, this is a lot of money we're investing in this again. Yes. Let's get a second opinion, because I'm going to kick myself in the bum if I don't get if a second opinion. I ride opinion. out this diagnosis, yes. and then it's actually not a thing. <laughs> and Michael totally agreed. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So we went to Utah Fertility Center and met with Dr. Gurdjieff, who I think her name has been mentioned on here before yeah, and she is Dr. Gertrude we love you <laughs> shout out shout out <laughs> I hope you hear this one day <laughs> um incredible all the doctors there are incredible and as are the doctors at University of Utah um fertility center but um and everybody needs different things and my energy just vibed at Utah Fertility Center yeah. which is so amazing that you were able to like cue into that and find someone that you vibed with yes that makes such a difference yes i think since we had kind of navigated bef it before mm -hmm. at this time we've been through fertility stuff for a year now right yeah um so we had some experience yeah and we knew what we wanted totally so we met with dr gertrif and she felt really confident about our plan she made a plan and she felt really confident and she said and your egg reserve is just fine. You do not need to worry about that. So we got set up for an IVF cycle. And throughout the whole cycle, um, my mindset was different. I knew, hmm, I knew that not only my body had to be ready, but my mind had to be ready. Mm -hmm. And my spirit had to be ready. And I really fine-tuned everything for this cycle. I made sure that I got more rest. And I made sure that I meditated. Meditating meaning like breathing in quiet for a few minutes. Like I'm not doing the 20-minute stuff yes, on YouTube. Yes. Um, <laughs> You're like, but I'm taking a minute to like be mindful. Yes. Just like where am I at today? Am mm -hmm. I feeling a little bit anxious? Okay, take a break. Like yeah. this is a big thing that we're doing. And I think that that really made a difference this cycle. So, and I don't remember the exact countdown, but I think it was, I think we got 18 eggs and 15 of them were mature and something like nine on day three. It might've been seven on day three. Okay. And then three on day five. Amazing. 
amazing. Yeah. So, um, we transferred one. And you hope and you pray and you wish and you sleep and you dream or you try to sleep. And when you sleep, <laughs> yeah. you dream. And then 10 to 12 days later, we took the blood test and I was sneaky on this one because I tested a day before we went in but didn't tell anyone. Just like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> I told Michael afterwards, but I needed to know. Yeah. I needed to prepare myself for if I was going to have to mourn again mm. and um i got a line the day before and so i went in with my head held a little bit higher knowing like this might have worked mm-hmm. and she called me back um mind you this is the day that we got put into lockdown i think it was march 12th or 13th of 2020 Shh. OMG. <laughs> so i'm like home from work uh, I went in to get my test. They had me put on a mask. You're like, what is happening? Yes. Yeah. I was like, Utah's going to be safe forever. We're in the middle of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Our mountains will keep us safe, right? <laughs> I really thought that. So, um, sorry, guys. This is turning into a long session. So, it worked. She called me, and my levels were high. Amazing. She was like, I hope there's just one in there. That's how high they were. Oh, crap. And I was like, <laughs> You're like okay, yes! twins. <laughs> I was like, I'll take it. Whatever. Yes. yes. At this point, you're like, there could be 15 babies in there and yes. I'd be screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> so um, I called Michael right away. He said, I knew it. Amazing. Um, and there was a calmness. There was an excitement and, like, a deep joy. I keep saying that word. But um, also, like, a calmness. Like, we did it. We can breathe. We can relax. We can enjoy this time. And that's, like, I think about your little baby. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, like, that is him. Oh. You know what I mean, though? Yes. Like, he's just the most, like, calming reassured like little soul you know what I mean though like you see him and you're just like he just knows like he's just him and he's just here and he's like the joyous little soul that he looks with your crystal blue eyes and you're like you just make me smile (laughs) I'm serious though he is such a dream uh he is you know sometimes when you're this might get a little woo woo uh before you have you give birth or before you get pregnant you almost call in your children absolutely you either i believe i I genuinely believe that (laughs) okay you either have a thought or a split second it could be when you're laying down or driving in the car or praying and just for just a second you get the clearest vision of them um when he was born i was like of course this is you like i knew this was you yes yeah crazy mama intuition yes (laughs) we all have it oh my gosh so august's whole part that's my son's name yeah august cutest little baby ever (laughs) um i was lucky that was his whole pregnancy so not too sick nothing crazy. not sick like tired a little tired um 
you know what it was, Anna? I w- we were so grateful that we were being given this opportunity that you, I think I felt a little bit sick here and there. And I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel a little sick today. Um, but still, like, it didn't take, it didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I wanted a lot of bacon and hamburgers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and um, I want, I liked donuts and, but I, I wanted like to feel good after I ate. Yes. I didn't want to feel like sick to my stomach. Yes. yes. Um, what else? I'm trying to remember the feeling words that I felt when I was pregnant with him. Calm and happy. And we did it. Yeah. And at the same time, knowing that I had to prepare myself for this um, huge adventure of birth that we were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's like, kind of like rewind to the very first comment. Yes. At what point were you seeing Adrian again? Okay. Because there's like a whole process of like making sure you can be kind of handed over yes. to regular like OBGYN care or yes. midwifery care. And so like had you been interacting with Adrian throughout your fertility process or you guys had just kind of like been with the clinics and now you were touching back with her? Like, I remember reaching out um, to Adrian and I miscarried. She gave me a little bit of guidance. Okay which I really appreciated. And then when we were with the fertility doctor, um, we didn't, we weren't in contact with Wasatch Midwifery. Okay. Because um, they're doing like your full on care. Yes. I think that that makes sense. I just wanted to be sure. And I think like they even do like a pap before you get started. If it's not on your record Mm. at the fertility center. I think so. They probably cover everything. Yes. I would imagine. For IVF details, listen to somebody else's podcast because I don't remember them all. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, oh, and then I talked about providers. So at Utah Fertility Center, we set up my transfer day, our transfer day, um, so that we could have Dr. Gurdjieff. Okay. You you can choose usually like between two different methods. Um and one usually get, one usually is a little bit more medication controlled mm-hmm. so that you can if you want to select a certain provider you know what day they're working and you can mm-hmm. set up your medication so it works that way so we wanted to make sure that we had her okay which was really important to me yeah um oh and my acupuncturist Mallory from Flow Acupuncture who is amazing go see her, too. Go see her. <laughs> <laughs> um she came down to the clinic to do acupuncture before amazing. August was transferred and after. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Um, Michael, we, we have a playlist that I played before, during the acupuncture and actually during the embryo transfer and then after. And um, if you've ever gotten acupuncture before, have you? I haven't. I need to. You need to. No, I'm like, you should I'm go sold. to Mallory. I'll, go, I'll call Mallory after this. <laughs> you almost go in like a um, half a, half awake, half sleep state. Okay. Your um, fight and flight, somehow they lower that. 
so that you're in this really relaxed state so that your body can heal quicker or accept an embryo Mm -hmm. better um so that's kind of what they do but I was in that state and we had this song going on and Michael was just watching me and he was like you feeling so good (laughs) you're like I know I was (laughs) so every time that song comes on in our house he's like this is the song song. (laughs) I kind of love that though um me too I I was happy that memory (laughs) yes okay so we were pregnant we were excited we were a little tired we were making the most of it it was covid the world was shutting down we were stocking up on toilet paper and beans (laughs) and um what else what did you stock up on literally i remember we came home from vacation we were on spring break in california and like we kind of thought covid was a joke like that sounds horrible but like the beaches in california were like everybody's hanging you know right and we were like hearing people stocking up on toilet paper we're like this is crazy yes and then we came home and like the next day i think was the earthquake and yes. we were like oh balls like we don't have any food storage like yes. we don't have water we filled up every water bottle that we owned with water and we were yes. like well at least we'll have water like i don't know <laughs> i think we were just hoping and praying we'd run to my parents house that's like five blocks away because <laughs> we were like i don't know we Honestly, were thinking we had, the like, same cans thing of Yes. Yeah, it was terrifying. And it I was, was terrifying. With Lou. I was like, what? I don't know. A good twenty-seven weeks pregnant. Because when happened. is Lou's birthday June. again? June. Yeah, I was like, I forget they're that close. Yeah, I know. Me too. You were pregnant too. Yeah. You were like almost third trimester. Yeah, I was. Because I remember the lady at our Airbnb in California was giving me all this like birth advice, and I was just like, okay. I don't even know you, but thank you. Like, you were she, like, she was so nice and well-intentioned, but I just remember being like, okay. You were like, I got this. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I'm doing things my way. I know. It thank you. So thank you. But, but I appreciate you. your yeah. love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so COVID was nuts. Yeah. Like, should I go to the store? Should I not go to the store? For a while, Michael was like, I'm only going to the store. So yeah. then I was like home bound and I was like and working from home and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sneaking out to the store. I'm probably sure I'm fine. Yes. So we all learned and adapted. Um, but that was an interesting time. I couldn't go home for my shower. I couldn't go to Connecticut oh my gosh, for my yeah. shower. So we did a virtual shower, um, our birth class with Adriana Costello, um, Oh my gosh. Adriana passed recently um, from cancer, and she in Salt Lake City was, to everyone who's listening, um, the Bradley teacher. Yes. She's incredible. Yes. Like birth goddess, um, crone. Love her. Yes. One look at her, and you just felt at home and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we miss her. So we were all in masks for Adriana's class, and um, I was, I looking back, I was so grateful that I had that time to really just be Michael and I, in time where I could just be by myself and really, maybe you felt this way too, like, think about birth and mm-hmm. prepare and... I mean, I was in the middle of nursing school, so it was a little different. Okay. I was a little distracted. Yes. But it 
was true. Like, in retrospect, I think back and I'm like, we never would have had that time together that Jake and I had. Yes. Because, like, school was remote. Like, yes. all my clinicals were canceled. Like, oh my gosh. it was wild to all of a sudden be like, okay, like, we're stuck home. You right. Know? But it did allow us so much time to just, like, sit with the pregnancy and, like, prepare and be excited and, like, amidst all this crazy uncertainty in the world, like, it was just, like, our own unit, like, here we are, we're going to be okay. Yes. You know? Yes. So, I don't know. Yes. I think it was almost, in a lot of ways, the uh, at-home thing was what a lot of us needed. Mm-hmm. Like, we go so fast every day as humans. Yes. We needed that break. Totally. Um, okay, so Michael and I prepared. And I knew very early on in my lifetime that I wanted to have a natural birth probably – um, I don't want to use that word. Out of hospital birth. Um, natural if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, probably 16, 17. I remember hearing about one of my cousins. Okay. Who was much older than me. And um, being so inspired. And here and there, I would see little things, people at home or um, at a birth center. Mm-hmm. I would hear about midwives a little bit. And so here I, um, that's what sparked the interest when we originally saw Adrian. Like, mm-hmm. I, it had always been written on my heart that this is how I was going to give birth. And every single cell of my body believed that. Um, I was going to do this and if I was going to do this then I needed to really understand the process and I really needed to um, mentally prepare myself Um, that was important to me so taking the birth class the Bradley birth class was really helpful Um, it really empowered Michael so that he could know hands-on support to do uh, counter pressure and Uh, different things to say Um, and then during our pregnancy we also I'm trying to make sure I keep flowing through our notes so that we keep going Um, (laughs) during our pregnancy I was very mindful about like like I said meditating the words that I spoke to myself um, my internal script um, making sure I got outside and walked. And when I was walking, I would really pay attention to my breath. Um, And again, I don't think I would have had all this time had COVID not been a thing. Mm -hmm. So um, those were the things we did. And our doula, we had Beth and Chelsea from Heart Tones Birth in Salt Lake City. Beth is coming on soon. Beth. Yeah, this is so fun. Oh my gosh. (laughs) coming on in September. Hi, Beth. Stay tuned. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So Beth and Chelsea, um, back then, I say back then. uh, Yes, it was just Beth Beth and Chelsea. And now Beth has a whole team. And now it's expanded. Yes. So um, they worked with us. I think we had three or four prenatals. I think it was four. 
and really helped us connect as a team mm. and helped us understand how Beth or Chelsea, because they were on call at that point, uh, they would switch shifts so that they didn't get too tired. Yeah. We really solidified ourselves as a team and how we were going to flow together and we identified what I really needed during birth, which was um, I needed like emotional support. That's what I kind of pinned it down to. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea recommended that Michael and I, and I, I love this, that we find a towel or a shawl or some sort of fabric um, and practice at home being under the fabric and breathing and Michael telling me words of encouragement mm -hmm. for when we transferred to the birth center, because sometimes when you transfer to the birth center, your labor can stall a little bit mm -hmm. so that we would use that shawl or whatever we used there to kind of re-get, re get in our zone. Maybe. Yes, yeah. re-engage, get back in our zone. So I love practicing that. Mm -hmm. Which like, I just have to hop in for two seconds. Like, Anyone who listens will understand and, like, get this. But this is so much prep. Yes. Like, we're going to get to it, but, like, all of these <laughs> things you're doing are, like, invaluable to you preparing In to go through birth. Invaluable. Like, it's not like you woke up the yes. day before you were going into labor and were like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing unmedicated. Yes. Like, no, you have been preparing for years and yes. years and years and now, like, in the actual pregnancy and process, like, you're taking measures to, like, check your breathing while you're on a walk. Yes. And, like, do you realize what it takes to check your breathing while you're in labor? Like, <laughs> if you're not practiced at it, it's hard. Yes. Like, for real. Yes. I'm laughing, but I'm like, no, straight up. This is hard work. Yes. And you're, like, just helping people understand that it takes work to yes. accomplish this. Yes. It's it, so important. Yes. <laughs> and um, supporting yourself, you know, like, having yes. doulas. That are able to like, you know, give you that additional support or give you ideas as to how you yes. can support each other as a couple, you know. Yes. It's just, yes. Yeah, it was, um, it's interesting. Um, if you, if you know it's something that you really want that if you don't get, you're going to be upset about, um, you're going to do all the learning until you feel like you're ready. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And um, that's where I was at. I wanted this so badly. Mm -hmm. I wanted it so badly because um, none of my immediate family had done it before. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard stories about it. And I wanted to experience it because... Um, Maybe that's just my personality. Like, give me the raw and the gritty and throw me in the fire and I hope I survive. Yeah, <laughs> your life and let me figure it out. Let me figure it out. Um, yeah, people ask, why? what drew you to that? And I'm, there's just this heart pulling, tugging, like, I needed to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. I needed to do it. So as a part of my prep, there is this amazing book, and we will tag this in the notes. It's called Bountiful, Beautiful, Blissful. I cannot say the author's I name. I am say. so sorry. I hope you say because I can't say it either. 
G U R M U K H. Gurmuk? Gurmuk? That sounds really I, I, good, I Anna. That sounds better than me. <laughs> Phonetic? <laughs> yes. So it is a, um, it walks you through the trimesters and it's like little yoga poses, but then it also is the, these beautiful words that really connect you to your soul. And I pulled out some. Let's hear them. Okay. So on page 65. When, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, when you own your birth, you own your life. And I remember reading that and just thinking, oh, I don't know if I've, I've kind of just floated through life up until this point, And this mm-hmm. is something I want to own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Above all, trust your intuition. The ancient teachings say that a woman can sense something 16 moons before it will happen. A, metamor- a metaphorical way of saying we have finely tuned instincts that make us much more intuitive than men. Sorry, men. Um <laughs> After all, yes, (laughs) after all is said and done, what is your gut reaction to the hospital, to the doctor, to the midwife or birthing center? Um, that, that was powerful to me. Mm -hmm. Trust your instinct, question your instinct, like instinct. What do you, what are you telling me about this? Oh, I loved this one. Believe in a miracle. More than that, believe that you are the miracle just because you are a woman I love that. yeah like you don't need any other reason mm-hmm. um so this we'll post this it was really empowering and a different kind of preparation book than um than your typical like yes yes i love that and i'll i'll leave it so you can look through it and then um i created a birth preferences even though I was at a birth center, like Adrian already knew what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I love the midwifery model of care because they really get to know you. The midwife really honors that this is a life-changing experience and we need to show up for these women mm-hmm. um, with our whole hearts because that's what they need in order to do this, to cross the path of pregnant to motherhood mm-hmm. with their whole selves. So I really loved that and Um, it meant a lot to me to be cared for in that way. And with that, you guys, we are finishing up part one of this episode. Tune in, obviously, to part two for the next half of Lauren's incredible story. From a more educational standpoint, after the fact, we looked into what that anti-malarian hormone is that Lauren was talking about when she was going through her fertility um, treatments and meeting with different professionals. And this anti-malarian hormone is actually a level in your blood that doctors will use to estimate the number of follicles that are inside your ovaries. And from this level, they can get kind of a good idea of what the woman's egg count may be. So that's, you know, a little educational bit that all of us needed. (laughs) Again, tune into part two, and let's continue to get a little more educated together. Mm -hmm.